0: Okay, good evening. We're learning tonight masachas psachim, daf, Lamid. We are starting first words on that page. Yesterday, we began a conversation about chametz that is in mixture form. Does that have the same rules of isser hanah as it would had it been in pure form? So that we saw a three-way machlokas yesterday between Rav and Shmuel and Rav Yochanan. And now Ravah, uh, just for generational purposes, Ravah was two generations, two plus generations after these three Tanayim uh, of Rav and Shmuel and of Yochanan, and he comes to give us a bsak halacha. What do we do in regards to mixtures of chametz, both on Pesach and after Pesach? It says the Gemara Amar Ravah, Hilchasa, the halacha is as follows. Chametz bizmano when we talk about chametz on Pesach, so how does Rav Paskin? Bein bimino bein shelo b'mino, asher kerav. He holds very stringently that there is no bittle, nothing can be nullified. Even the smallest mixture of chametz with anything else on Pesach is going to be treated as though it is pure chametz, and you are not allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to have any benefit from it whatsoever. And the Gemara continues, what about after Pesach? Second line, shelo bismano. what about after Pesach? So then he changes his tune. Rava bifurcates himself and says that on Pesach we hold like Rav, but after Pesach, shelo bismano, ben bimino, ben shelo mutter kirib shimen. Now, if you'll recall, we saw that Reb Shimon held that there is no Isra of chametz She'avar Lava Pesach. So therefore, that's how Rava uh, understands himself. He's strict like Rav on Pesach, that there's no bittel, even Bimashu, even if there's a small amount, but lenient when it's chametz She'avar Lava Pesach to hold like Reb Shimon. Now, there's only one major problem with this, and that is that yesterday, we learned the opinion of Rav that when we opened up our mission on the bottom of Kavches and Adalif, and we learned the B'risa that followed, we said there was a steer in Reb Shimon, and we said that when do we say that there's Chameshavah Lava Pesach Vareb Shimon? It's a Knas. Remember, we saw this yesterday. It was a Knas. That there was a punishment. Where's the Knas? Why here are you saying, Ravah, that it's Mutter Kereb Shimon? Does Ravah really hold this way? Does Ravah really hold like Ribshiman? Shimon? Because the Ravah that we saw yesterday presented Ribshiman, Shimon, that we do hold of a Knas, not an Isser Dorais of Chameshavah Lava Pesach, but yes to a Knas. Ravah Rava said yesterday, Yes, it's true that Ledina, if you're asking a question, does the Torah forbid one to use, utilize, to benefit from? Rabbi Shimon would say no, but because you did not do what you should have done. You didn't do the bittel, you didn't do the B'dika, you didn't do the Sreifa, you violated the Yisr B'A'I Ravai So Rabbi Shimon says you get a slap on the wrist, you're not allowed to benefit from the food after Pesach. So which one is it? Rava, right here on the top of Lamedam and Aleph, he says that Rav Shimon is Matir after the Chamez Shavaleva Pesah. But on the top of Chavtes, or I should say a third of the way down of Chavtesam and Aleph, there Ravah said in the name of Rav Shimin, he said it's Knoss So you can't have it both ways. Answers the Gemara with a very important Chakira that plays out in the world of Bittal. Hani mili aval al When do we say that there's a knas? That's when we can see the taroves of chametz. I can see the chametz, the bread mixed in with the non bread. In that case, I remove it, just remove it. I can see it. There we're, we're still going to say that there's a knas. But if there's actual bittel to the point that you could no longer recognize it about all yudei taroves, if the chametz is mixed in with something that's non chametz to the point that you can't even see it anymore. So then the din is that there's no knas there. And that's our case up here. That's Rava, who says that when it's uh, not the end, when it's not visible, you can't see it. So then, lo, we would not say that there's a knas there. And in fact, <clears throat> Rava is following his own opinion when he follows Rav Shimon. How so? Where do we see this? Says the Gemara as follows, Rava. Ki Rav Nachman, they were watching Rav Nachman. Ki havu shiva yomi de When all of the seven days of Pesach ended, Amar uh, lon he said singular lon to us plural. Poku uzvinu chamira de bnei Go out and buy chametz. From the Bnei Chela, from the soldiers, Rashi here highlights that they were non-Jewish soldiers. Rashi, right to the right, right where we are, Bnei Chela, Nachrim. yom zeshavar Pesach. Doesn't make a difference. There is no Israel of Pesach according to Mutter, no problem at all. So what do we see from here? That Rav Nachman was Rav Rebbe, and Rav Nachman was the one who said that you should go right after Pesach, and you should go by you should go buy chametz from the guy. Go buy chametz from the guy. No problem at all. Totally fine. So we see that Rava holds the Rav Shimon. And therefore, going back to the first line of today, we now understand how Rava holds of his opinion. In the first part of, of his opinion, he says that when we're talking about chametz on Pesach, he says, I don't care what's going on. There's no betel by Pesach. And therefore, whatever nullification took place, nothing to speak of. That's considered chametz. Let's say it's, a Pesach, it's Pesach morning. It's the first day of Pesach morning and you're eating some disgusting cereal that has nothing to do with cereal. It's gross, it doesn't taste like cereal. And someone drops in a Cheerio, but it's indistinguishable. And there are a thousand of the, 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 the flower-free Cheerios in one real one. There's no bittle on Pesach. There's no Bittle on Pesach, that's Rab. So then when it comes to Shalom that the second and third lines of this page, he holds like Rav Shimon leniently. And that is uh, how we Pasuk in Ladino. This brings us to the two dots, a little bit more than one third of the way down. <clears throat> Question? Sure. What you said the, the Shiva yomei What happened to the day in Bavel? Beautiful. The Mafreshim ask your question, and and some of the Mafreshim are st- are struggling with this Gemara, where the Gemara says, "and Rav Nachman lived in Bavel." It's a great question. I didn't even see who asked it. Is that Yaakov? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a spot on question. I didn't see any answers, but I did hear the cre- the question raised. Um, and it might be that he was talking, they couldn't have eaten it that day, because even for him, at least it was tov of Shel Galios. It's a great question. I don't have a good answer for you. I did hear the question raised, but I don't have a good answer. You're correct. It really would have made more sense in Bavil to say eight days. So says the Gemara at the two dots, Ammar Rav. Rav says, and we'll see here a Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel, Kederos, Bepesach, Yishperu. If you have a, a, um, a pot that was used during the year, and we assume that this pot has Blios, Blios in halachic terminology are absorptions into the wall. Of a cleave. So the halacha is you have to Yishbur, you have to break them. Why? Because Rav says that it's 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 gonna be a tarot of chametz. You have chametz in the walls, you have to break it. yishburu. the amai. Why do we have to break them? What, what would have been the other option? Says the Gemara to Rav. Ah, pesach what you should do, what you should do is after Pesach is you should put in a food. That is shaloba it's different than the blios, and let the blios come out into the food and be botel. No problem, no problem. Why does Rav require that you break it? Rav only says that minon shaloba is problematic on Pesach, but after Pesach, Rav would be more lenient. Why don't we employ that here instead of breaking the earthenware vessel? So says the Gemara, you can't say that. Because what we were concerned about is that you might do it with the same food. So let's say that you were baking bread. And we're concerned you put in more dough, you're going to make more bread. So that's min bimino. So even though Rav is more lenient after Yontif is over when it's no longer Pesach, but that's only min shelo bimino. But if it's the same two products of food, min bimino, Rav would not be lenient. And Therefore, Rob says, because of the concern that you might do mean bimino to draw out the extract, to draw out the blios from the kli, because of that rabbinic injunction, you are not allowed to draw that out. So Rav therefore says if you have an earthenware vessel, you have to break it. There's no way to repair it. No, 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 it's from before Pesach, but there's blios in it. So now after Pesach, what do you do with it? Rob says too it's too late. Nothing to do. Shmuel argues, Shmuel, I'm our lo Yishper. you should not break it. Aval, what should you do instead? Mashi. Mashi in Aramaic means we should wait. Mashi lula akhar's mano. Wait until Pesach's over. The Remember, Shmuel is more lenient uh, when it, in this regard. He's holding like Rub Shimon in this case, or maybe even Rubyosi Osi Aglili, where there's no Hanah at all on Pesach. There's no Esther Hanah. And you're allowed to cause for that mixture to happen of either Min Bimino or Min Shilobamino. And you're allowed to have the absorption, the Blios come out of the pot into the food, and then no problem at all. The, the, Shmuel, the time halfway down Shmuel follows his own rationale. To Amar Shmuel, de Misbane kandi, There were these people who were selling pots. And this was in the city of Rav, as we will soon see. What was the problem? These guys are brilliant. They studied economics. They knew that everyone was gonna be breaking their chametz pot right after Pesach or right before Pesach. And they knew that everyone was gonna be buying new pots. So they were price gouging. They're like the pot, which was a ruble, I mean, forget that. We're tripling the cost, and everybody's got to cook for Shabbos after Pesach. Everyone's going to buy the pots. So, what did Shmuel do? Shmuel said to Amar Shmuel de Mizabne Kandi, the people who were selling pots, he said, Guys, don't do that. Ashvu Zvini Akandichi. Make sure that you level out the prices of the pots. V'elo. And if you don't, Darshina Then I'll be Makil, and I'll say that Allah is like that you don't even have Isser hanna after Pesach at all. And you're going to lose out. No one's going to buy your pots. They're not going to break it like Rav anymore. I'll be lenient like Rav Shimon. It's, it's brilliant. It's just one problem. If you hold like Rav Shimon, then pass me like Rav Shimon, says the Gemara. Why didn't you just say that? What are you threatening for? You want to keep them in line. You don't want them to price gouge. If you don't do right by me, if you make sure the prices stay level. Otherwise, just say it. Just say you hold like Rav Shimon. He couldn't, says the Gemara. Why? He was in Rav's city, and we do not do that. When you're in the city of another posek, you follow their shitas. and in their community, in their community, the deal was that they had to break all their pots, but Shmuel wanted to make sure that the market stayed level. It's not nice. It's not mechuba to change the pricing. It's not nice. Make sure it's like tw- when toilet paper, the beginning of COVID, these he's making, making a million bucks on the deal. It's crazy profit. So Shmuel, it's not right. And I'm willing to go against Rav. This is a crazy part. I'm willing to go against Rav. If you're not going to be Yashar, I'm going to call it. I'm going to say, we hold like Shem. And Everyone can pass in the Kula because the people in the market are not doing right. Very powerful idea. Beautiful. Next, Gamara, six What's lines from the bottom. For food before huh? What? About rising for food before Taka. <laughs> that's not even that's that's a whole different line. There, there's at least a need to clean it more, maybe by, by Pesach food. Okay, good point. tanura, <laughs> there was an oven, the tachu Tichya. They greased the sides of the oven with flesh. They used some type of lard, some type of uh, some type of fat to, to grease the ovens. It was fleshy. Asra <laughs> Rabba bar ahiloi, afilubim forbade the eating of bread that was baked in that oven forever. Why? Dilma, perhaps. We, we've learned about kutach before. Kutach was a dip, some type of thing they had on the table. Nowadays, we have all these things in jewel. There's six bucks for a tiny little container that feeds one person. And you dip. But the halacha is, we'll see in the Gemara couple Vav, in a couple of days in Toshem that you're not allowed to make fleshic bread. That's not allowed. Nor can you make milchic bread unless there's a very clear siman. I think there are manshulchanes right. you can make milchic bread if it's in a specific shape that everybody knows isn't normal and, and milchic. The concern was that you were going to take the bread and you were going to dip it in kutach, in the milchik stuff, but it's flesh from the oven. So that's not allowed. So the Gemara says in the name of Rebbe Barah Hiloyim, we'll see how all of this connects momentarily, that he says that you're not allowed to do that. Um, and uh, we're afraid that you might uh, you might dip it into the kutach, which is milchik. Meisve, says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom. You're not allowed to make dough with milk. The im lush, and if in fact you needed the dough with milk, kol pas kula asura then all of the bread is going to be forbidden because people are accustomed to, to doing things with bread that might be flesh, It could be in either direction. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to make milk bread. Cayote turning to the top of Lamanam and Mibbe, similarly says the Gemara, Ein this matches our case that we started with with Ravabar Ahiloy. Here it says that you're not allowed to grease the oven with Alia, with the, with the tail, with the fat parts of the animal. And here's the, the part that, contra, that contradicts what we're talking about. If in fact you did, you did spread, spread some fat on the sides of the oven, hapas kula asura, all the bread is usur. But then adds in the brisa, is this a brisa? Yeah. Then adds in the brisa the following words. Until you burn the oven. What does that mean? Ah, asks, until you burn the oven? But had it been that you did burn the oven, then it would be permissible. Well, then that's a contradiction to the shita we saw before, which said that the bread's usr le'olam. Bread's not asr le'olam, just turn on the oven. So that's a stira. So then says the Gemara, this is Tiyufta de Ravah bar ahiloi This rejects the Shita of Ravah bar ahilai. He said that the bread's asr forever. This Braissa, Ravah bar ahiloi is an Amora. This, this is a brisa, and the brisa leaves o- open the implication that if in fact you burn off the uh, fat on by turning on the oven, that it's going to be mutter to eat the bread. So the Gemara rejects his shita. But in light of this shita, now we have another question. Says the Gemara, if all of this plays out the way that I think it plays out, now that we have rejected the shita of rabba bar Ahiloi, there is B'Pesach Yishbiru. If we have a brysa that says that you can burn off the fats, if that's true, if we have a brysa that says you can burn off the fat, then why did Rav tell us on the previous page that you have to destroy the cle? Just burn off the fat. It's the same thing here. The brysa here implies that it's okay. Our brysa here, if we look at the diuk on line three, hahusa katanur mihashari. If the bread was baked in an oven, but the fire was turned on first, it burns off the isser, it burns off the fat. Good to go. So then why was Rav not in line with this brysa? This brysa allows for that to happen, to burn off the fat. So why does Rav say break the cleat? Omar lay. The Gemara responds. Ravashi is answering Ravina now. This is after Ravah, I believe, has passed away already. This is at the end of the times of the Amorim, the sixth generation of the Amorim, says the Gemara, the cases are not the same. Hasam, where is it that we're lenient? In the new b'risa that we quoted on the top of Lama, Adam, and Bez, our, our page right here, that's in a shalmateches, in something that's made out of metal. When something's made out of metal, you can burn out the isser, no problem. That's why the b'risa is lenient. However, says the Gemara, the case of Rav, where he says that you have to break the kli. That's because it's made out of earthenware, and when something is made out of earthenware or clay or anything like that, pottery, the halacha is that it cannot be, be uh, koshered as it were. To use some halachic jargon, what we're talking about now is what we, what, is what we refer to as hagalah is where we take something that's very hot and we can then either burn out or draw out, depends on the lambdas and the Rishonim there, we, we can remove isser. So when you have metal, we do this every year, we take our kiddush cups, we clean them up, 24 hours, and then we do agal on the kiddush cups, piece of cake, that's not hard, that's an easy one, because usually there's no chametz in them in the first place, and usually people don't stick them in a the dishwasher, even if they did their soap, there's no real chametz mamish on it, and the poskim also, we've seen the Gemara today that if you use something only for cold, you don't even have to do a gagala. is only required when there's a Bliya, when there's an absorption of Hametz into the wall. So it says the Gemara, this is made out of metal. And that's why the Brysa was lenient to say that, a that if in fact you did light the fire, then that bread would be mutter. But Rav, Rav was going to be Mahmir because it was made out of Cheres. And Cheres, even if you heat it up, you cannot draw out the blios, the absorptions of Hametz from there. And therefore Yishpur, you have to break them, says Rav. Sorry, what was Good that? Good question, why, why was the Gemara so quick to make it to you, to, to Ravavari Lai? Why couldn't they use this as well? Great question. The truth is, historically speaking, it may well have been the case because the uh, the Brisa was probably brought before Ravina and Ravashi. I was thinking about that as I was reading it now, not when I learned it this morning that why doesn't this answer work for Ravavari Lai? It happens to be, what? No, their ovens were, were. It's true. It's true. Their ovens were not. But the, no. The, but the, but Ravashi, Ravashi is giving us that distinction. We're not making it up on our own. Right. The truth is that uh, the way it plays out, Yitz, is that it doesn't make a difference because we embraced his answer. At the end of the right. day, we accepted the chakira to say that um, to say that uh, the bread is going to be fine. That's what Ravashi is basically saying. The bread's going to be fine if it's in a metal oven, and the bread is not going to be fine if it is in a, a pottery oven. So the Gemara doesn't articulate your point, but you're still correct that it does revive the shita of Rav Bar Ahiloi. Um, but again, no nafkemino Ladina, because we, at this point at least, we're accepting the answer of the Gemara that one brisa was speaking about Tanrushal Mateches, and uh, and Rav was talking about a case of the cheres. But yes, you're correct. It should revive his shita. Now, this is how we posk in Ladina, is that we cannot kasher things that are made out of pottery. Uh, that's correct. And we posk in that we absolutely can do hagala on things that are made out of metal. Now, the Gemara gives a second answer to our stira, uh, one that we don't posk in life, seemingly. The Iba the Gemara presents another answer to our, our question that, that Ravina asked Ravashi, which is how, why does Rav say Yishbaru if the Brysa says you can burn off the fats? Ha Really, both of them are made out of pottery which to David's point, most ovens back then were made out of pottery. They were made out of some type of cheres. Zem, in one case, he sikan mi bifnim. In one case, the way that you extracted the blios from the kli was by putting the heat inside the kli itself. You put, you put coals, boiling hot embers inside the kli. That even by cheres, we assume it's so hot, we assume that it can extract whatever blios are there. he sikan bachutz. And in the case of Rav, there, the hisikim was mibachutz only from the outside, and therefore it doesn't remove the blios on the inside. It's okay, the Khitema hachanami. Maybe you'd say in our case le'aved Maybe even in the case of Rav, Rav says Yisburu. Maybe not. Maybe we could assume that they put the coals on the inside. Says the Gemara, we're we're concerned about pottery because pottery is fragile. mishum dipaka. We're afraid that if you put it on the inside, that it may crack because it, the way that it retains the heat, it, the heat is uh, less diffused than it would be on the outside. So it says the Gemara Hilkach, therefore, because this is true, because we're on pottery, what about a bukhya? A bukhya, let's take a look at Rashi. Where, there he is. Rashi is eight lines down from the top of the page. Kli shehu mer'afin shekorin taylish ve'ofin bokikar. They cook on the inside. They cook on the inside of this kli. So there... Irrelevant of what this is made out of, we would allow for the blios to be drawn out there. We would have said it's mutter. Rav, even Rav would say by a buchya, you don't have to break that clee because the way we use that clee is by putting coals on the inside of the clee. Good to go. That's no problem. What was Rav talking about? Why did Rav say Yishbaru? He was only talking about a clee He was only talking about a clea that uh, was heated from the outside. That's a clee charis that was heated from the outside. So it says in the Gemara, um, And if you fill it with gumrey, gumrey or shop shapir dami, that taka would work. Okay, a connected sugya. What about knives? How would you prepare your knives? How do you kasher your knives in effect is the question. What type of hagala do you do? Do you drop the whole thing in water? How do, you, how do you do it? So he answers with the following way. Ravashi says back to Ravina, Amar Ka Abdina. I make new ones. Khadata, Khadash, tough and shin are interchangeable. Khadata, Khadash, and I make new ones. Ravina says back to him, You've got deeper pockets than I do. de you can do it. Not everybody can swing it. Rashi points out here: Rashi Dibur Hamaska Lamar 12 lines down, or so on the Rashis, Shahare, Ashirata. You've got the pocket, you can do it. What about me? I'm a Pasha I don't have the, I don't know, I can't afford it. So he said, no. Uh, he finishes his question, what about those of us who can't afford new knives? Ravashi said, no, I wasn't uh, showing off that I can buy new knives. Amina. I meant I make them like new. Namely, I do hagala. How do you make them like new? Very important. Gemara halacha Says the Gemara as follows. Katayhu Betina. Kataihu is the handle of the knife, and tina is clay or mud. I cover the handle with tina, with clay or mud. Uparzilaihu, and the um, this is uh, from the word parzal, uh, which means iron, the actual metal itself, benura, that I put in a flame. I'm just covering the handle so it doesn't catch on fire. But the metal I put in a flame, that in halachic terms is what we call libun. Libun is when you take something and you put it in a flame to get rid of all of the blios that are there. So what we do with our iron grates that we have is that we take pots, we put water in them. Um, I spoke to by first about this, or by Robinson as well, that you take a pot when you're kashering for Pesach, you clean everything, 24 hours, whatever, and then you put the pots on so that when the fire uh, hits, it actually spreads a little bit because the pot actually spreads out the fires a little bit. And the halacha is that when we're doing hagala, when we're trying to extract any blios, the principle is kibolo poto. However, That which absorbed food absorbed it in whatever temperature model it absorbed it. So that's how you remove it. So year round, we use our oven for chametz all the time. What happens? You'll have some chametz that drips over the edge and it touches the boiling hot iron grate. So how do you remove that? Hagalah won't work because it it cooked in with flame. There we need to do libun. There hagala would not work. You need to do a flame. If you tried to clean your grates by dipping them in boiling hot water, it wouldn't work. It would still be chametz. That doesn't work. You need kibolo o However it actually became chametz, that's how you draw it out. So that's what he says. With the handle, I'm going to cover that, and then I'm going to put the flame. I'm going to put the. I'm to put it in the flame. The hadar, and then the l'kataihu b'rotchen. And then I uncover the, the handle, and I put the handle l'kataihu and I put it in boiling water. Says the Gemara that. That's a bit of a Chumrah. Do you ever put your knife in boiling hot flames? <laughs> you, you take the metal part of your knife and put it in Chumrah over a flame? The, the Gemara says not like that. No. The way you cash your knife, to follow the rules, the rule is that what you do is take the knife, you clean it very well, and then you uh, stick it in boiling hot water, and you're good to go. As long as you've waited 24 hours. Why do we have to wait 24 hours before we do hagala? This is a principle called Ben Yomo. When we say that a kli is a ben yomo, it means that it has been used for hot isser within the last 24 hours. So let's say that I used a knife to uh, to cut a, a very, very hot bread at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. So I can't do hagala until 5 p.m. on whatever, 4.59 on Wednesday. I have to wait. May asla says it's referred to in halacha, 24 hours. And then the reason why we care about that is because the flavor during the first 24 hours that absorbed into the knife, we assume is no same Tom. No uh, It's a positive flavor. And once we trigger the me'eis lace, we get to 24 hours, then it's called no Saint tam lifgam, And that's why big naf gamino. You call a postache to ask a shiloh. Uh, I accidentally used um, a random fleshic knife in my fleshic drawer to, to cut my kids' noodles, my kids' spaghetti, which was boiling hot. So the knife is problematic for sure. The question is, did it ruin the food? Well, it depends. Normally, we assume that the blios are the full size of the blade, the full size of the knife. But it depends. If it's no St. Tom Lashvach, then you need to get 160th. You need to make sure your blade is uh, smaller, one less than 160th of the food. But if it's uh, not no St. Tom if it's after 24 hours, and that's what we refer to as Eno Ben Yomo, so then you're good to go. Continues the Gemara halfway down. Omar Rav Huna, Yoshua, Eight Parur, Magil barochin and Vakli Risho kebolo when you have a wood tool that's used for cooking, magilo, you are allowed to do Hagala, in boiling water over a clearishon. kebolo we do not Paskin like this Gemara. We Paskin that you cannot do hagala on wood. So you may have you know like the wood stirring thing. it may look perfectly clean to you. Hello so we don't kosher wood. Uh, the post can discuss whether or not there's Hagala by um, by plastic. This is a big Shila. Uh, some of uh, uh, my rabbim that I was exposed to NYU over the years at Poskin, you can even cash your dishwashers under certain circumstances because it's either metal or plastic. Um, that's a big shailah. Most Poskin are not lenient, but there are some who are lenient. Uh, but plastic is a shailah in the uh, Bo Mine mea meimar. Uh, meimar A Maymar asks a question that has a lot of applicability to, uh, to some of the dishes that we have at home. Hani mane. Mane in Aramaic is kalim. These utensils, dikunya. We'll see in Rashi what type of kale these are. They're called kunya. Are we allowed to use kunya, these types of dishes, on Pesach? Let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi kunya, one-third of the way down in the Rashi. Zibramasul uh, kunya, palamir, belaz, b'shelcheres. Really, they're made out of, of China, of some kind. They're made out of pottery. A uh, shelcheres It's covered in lead. It's covered in something. So it's encased. So that's what all of our earthenware dishes are. They're all made from earthenware and they all have a shellac on them. Adka Dekat, when I got, uh, my wife and I got these beautiful dishes, someone gave them to us. So I asked my Rebbe at the time, Rabbi Yaakov Neuberger, uh, he's a Rosh Hashiv in YU, And I said, do I have to do, forget about Hagalas Kalim, which is its own camp. Do I have to do Tevilas Kalim in the first place? And he said, no, it's covered in a shellac. No need to do anything But It's covered. And the shellac is similar to some kind of glass. Well, that's what ours is like. Now, theirs was made out of metal. They covered it in metal. So the Gemara says, what's the deal with that? Does that work? Mahulish halfway down, says the Gemara, well, it depends. Yeroka, if it was a type of pottery that was green, now we don't really know what this means, but it was more porous than other types of uh, the of Cheres, than other types of pottery. If it was Yeroka, Everyone would agree that if the pottery was the green kind, then it would be problematic. If it was black or if it was white, which was less absorptive, my, what would we say about this cheres that's covered in metal? Can this cleave be used on Pesach? And not only that, not only do we are we only asking our question if the pottery is black and white, but of course, when there are breaks, when there are cracks in, inside the the outer layer, then of course, loti asiri. Did you ever see in your dishes where it starts to spider a little bit under? I, we have this. I, I meant to bring it tonight. We have a dish that's got, it's a, a regular dinner plate, but has a tiny crack in the shellac, and I, you can see underneath it, that stuff is soaked in. Pasha, that you can't do That's for sure. If, if that happened here, then everyone would agree. If it's kartufni, then loti asiri. That's for sure going to be asir. Kiti where things are very smooth. My, what's the din? Omar Lehi says we know too much. He says we know how our kelim work. It's not a perfect outer layer. It does uh, it does absorb and it does exude liquids once it's exposed. Alma al midi It does absorb and it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always kick out whatever it absorbs and therefore and this is how we pass in Ladina is that we are not allowed to do hagala on uh, on things that are made from klicheres. Why are we so makbid over there? Why is it that when it comes to yayin uh, nesek here, we're not talking about a vodazar Doraisa. We're talking about the issue of stam yenom. Stam as we know, is an iser that we are not allowed to have someone who is uh, not a shomer shabbos from a yid to open a bottle of wine that's not mavushal and then for you to drink from it. Not happening. We doesn't, doesn't allow it. As a moel, I always bring my own wine. I do not want to be stuck in a scenario where there's a chash of a bottle that's not levushal with a nice ou on it, and they're like, "We open this for you." No, thank you. Not interested. I'll bring my own wine. Um, and I've been in similar types of scenarios like that. Not kedai. But why over here are we not so concerned? It says, "Yai the darish maremar in yai the darish maremar De dekunya ukmi yuroki shari." Why, why is it that when it comes to Yain, when it comes to Stamiena, Maremar said, I don't care what type of earthenware it's made out of. They're all acceptable. We made a distinction by the kunya when it comes to, to hagala. We said the green one is bad. The only time we ever have a question is by the black and white type of earthenware. So why by the wine are we more lenient? So says the Gemara, the Chitema, and if you want to say, Ya'i Nesech de Rabbonon and Chometziz Del Raisa, that's a distinction to be made. But says the Gemara, it's not a good distinction because we know, called the Tikkun Rabbonon Ke'in Del Raisa Tikkun, that whenever the Chachamim uh, whenever the Chachamin, uh, they uh, made a rabbinic injunction, they did so following the model of Dine del Raisa. So then they would have looked at this din when they were making the halach of Stam Yenam, which is a din der and they would have said, we shouldn't allow the yarov, we shouldn't allow the earthenware that's green, just like we don't allow it by the kunya. That's what they should have done. So you can't say that the distinction between the kunya by hagala and the kunya by, by Ya'in Nesech, by Sam Yenam, is that one's Del Rice and one's Der Because if that had it been that, they would have looked exactly the same. So, therefore, says the Gemara, a critical distinction. Huge When are we concerned about absorption? When there's heat. But when there's no heat, you don't have to worry about absorption. So therefore, when it comes to the kunya by Hagalah, because the green is more absorptive, so therefore the Shila got off the ground with the black and with the white types of earthenware. But when it comes to wine, which is being stored cold, and you're not doing any form of Bishal in there, if you did, it's a problem, granted. But if you're doing if this is wine, it's not Mavushal, it's never going to be cooked. It's just sitting there cold, then we're not concerned about absorption rates. When I was in Smichar Asaf Bednar Shai rabbi who was teaching a Silk Shabbos, brought in a crock pot. It was cracked, it had dropped on the floor, and he brought it. We were learning Hilchel Shabbos that year, and uh, you know, you can imagine like the huge crock pot. And he showed it to us on the very bottom layer, it's about a centimeter thick. You could see the brown uh, absorption of chalent juice into the very bottom of the chalent pot. I is shellacked, and we would never assume that it would absorb anything. It absorbs, it absorbs. He was showing. The Chachamim knew what they were talking about, the Kunya, the Kunya, they knew what they were talking about, it absorbs perfectly, and therefore it's completely Aser. But that's the distinction to be made between the and Nesech, where we use a Kunya and we allow for the green, where Masha'in came, when it comes to a Kunya, we do not allow the green as it relates to hagala. Continues the Gemara, Omar Rava, 10 lines or so from the bottom, we're going to go to the Mishnah, and then we'll stop. Omar Rava bar Abba, Omar Ravchia bar Ashi, Omar Shmuel, Kol HaKalim SheNishtamshu Bahen chametz B'Tzonei, any utensils that were used even for chametz, but they were used in cold only. Mishtamish bahen matzah, no problem. They can be used for matzah, with a couple of exceptions. Chutz, mean base seor ho'ol except for things in which you might bake bread, uh, because chimut <laughs> so'kosheh, the chimut, when it leavens, I guess uh, something with the yeast, it's a little bit more intensive and therefore uh, it's problematic. Take a look at Rashi, two thirds of the way down. Dibra base seor. Rashi says, Kli she haisha shore. It is a Kli in which uh, a woman who's making bread would soak everything. She'd leave all of the ingredients in there. Manachas And she puts it all into the dough there. Upamim Wow. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if it's overnight? It's an interesting duke. Is he referencing this idea of like Kavush kim what are we talking about here? This is a very interesting idea. Why does Rashi say that? I didn't see anything in the postgame. Would be curious to hear any answers if anybody has. Uh, fascinating idea why Rashi even bothers talking about that. The Gemara just says l'kasha, that there's something intense about the process itself. Why is Rashi adding in night? Uh, I don't know the answer. Uh, anyway, says the Gemara, there are other exceptions as well. But could you just be oh, identifying how they use the cle. A oh, simplistic answer, but if you want to know what that clea is, mixing all like yeah, but Rashi says upamim sheushosh shem Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> says the Gemara uh, two lines before the wide lines. ubeis haroses. Uh, when you're doing things making like charosas, it has a vinegary type of material in, which is a sharper and more intense type of liquid. Kibes, se'or, it's similar to the din, to the exclusion we saw before, that even if it's used cold, we would not allow it. She mozzo Amarava hani agne de machosa, there are these types of uh, these types of kalin that were used in the city of Mechosa. Because they were used to knead the dough in it, and sometimes they'd leave it in there, there too in Mechosa, or We leave it in the same camp, says the Gemara. Thank you very much, pshita It's just like the line that we saw before. Why would Mechosa be any different than any other city? What's the whole deal with the Agne de Mechuker? It was the same thing. Why would you even raise your comment, pshita Answers the Gemara, and with this we'll close. Ma'u de you might have thought kevin de because in mechosa that kli was exposed to the air; it wasn't enclosed. Therefore, maybe Shalit b'hu Maybe because there's air exposure of velobali, it would not then absorb kamash malan. that's not true. It's not about exposure; it's about contact to the kli. And maybe as Rashi hints, because there's an overnight feature. But that, whatever the case may be, in mechosa we had to add that in because you might have thought that the way that the kli, the kli is utilized is a little different than the kli that was presented above. By, um, by 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 Rabashi. And therefore, we might have made that mistake. Come learn that we will not. We'll pick up Amir Sashem tomorrow night with the Mishnah on the bottom of Daflam and Amid Bey to learn Daflam and Aleph. Wishing you all a beautiful night.